Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. November is National Family Caregiver Appreciation Month, and this month during the Self-Care Hacks podcast, I'll be talking about the importance of caregivers taking care of themselves. And I don't just mean getting a manicure or a pedicure somewhere in the midst of your caregiving crisis. Today, I'm going to be talking about three self-care hacks for caregivers in crisis. Trust me, if you've ever spent time taking care of someone else, whether it's an immediate family member with a medical crisis or a long-term caregiving stint for an elderly parent, you will have a time of crisis. Caregiving isn't easy. The story I'm going to share today took place almost a decade ago, but the things I learned are just as applicable today and to anyone in a caregiving situation. We need to eat what's in the freezer, Pedro said when I asked him what he had planned for breakfast. I know we have some waffles in there. I flung open the freezer door and started not too gently removing things. I stacked Ziploc bags of frozen bread, leftovers, and ice on the counter and quickly made piles of things that were too far gone to attempt eating and those worth saving. Hey, Pedro said. I turned to see what caught his attention and discovered he wanted to use the microwave, which I had blocked with one of my piles. I let out a tiny huff, immediately regretted it, and tried to cover it with a semi-cheerful, Just a second, I'll help you. I'd love your help, Pedro answered. Just don't be short with me. I swallowed hard and mumbled some excuse slash apology and continued helping him get breakfast ready and cleaning out the freezer. As soon as I finished my waffle, I rushed to the sanctuary of my office and pulled out my Bible and journal. Something I should have done two hours earlier, but I'd chosen to sleep in instead. My Bible fell open to Second Corinthians 1, the next section of my studies, and I started to read about the comfort God offers. This triggered a full-fledged caregiver meltdown with tears and snot and no Kleenex in sight. I found a dust rag on my desk and used that to blow my nose with instead. It had been a stressful year, and Pedro had had an accident two weeks prior that put a spike in the wheels of my summer plans. Instead of helping our daughter and son-in-law pack and prepare to move last week, I spent four days at a hotel helping Pedro so he could attend a work conference. Having not acted as a daily caregiver for 12 years, I had forgotten how many adjustments one must make to one's schedule when caring for someone who needs help dressing and eating. At the conference, two out of the three meals each day were served at a buffet line, and I had to be there to carry his plate. Then my website had gone down, and I wasted endless hours with customer service trying to fix it. All to no avail. It took two phone calls, four live chats, eight emails, three tweets, and over 36 hours to discover the problem and get it working again. Did I mention that I hate calling customer service and I'm not very tech-savvy? And then it all crashed down on me that Saturday morning. Caregiving is hard. Even though I've written a lot about my caregiver experiences, I had forgotten how the quotidian routines of caring for someone else can wear a person down. I also realized just how complacent and selfish I had become. My frustration stemmed from the changes in my plans, my goals, and my desires. One of the most difficult things about caregiving, whether it's long-term or short-term, is balancing the needs of others with your own needs. After a good cry, time writing in my prayer journal, 
and a few deep breaths, I rejoined Pedro and Troy, a student who was spending the weekend with us, and started packing stuff for our picnic lunch. After a two-hour drive with a stop for a picnic in a little park, we ended up in a quaint little community in the White Mountains. We found a trail that followed a creek up the canyon. Troy carried lawn chairs about a half mile up the creek, away from the noisy picnickers at the trailhead, and I continued up the trail alone after he and Pedro found a spot in the shade to enjoy the gurgles of the stream. My earlier grumpy, selfish mood struggled to strangle the enjoyment of my hike, and I realized I hadn't spent any time in the last week writing in my gratitude journal. And so I thanked God for the robin and the gurgling stream and the beautiful wildflowers. I stopped and smelled the wild roses and watched the bees and the tiny white flowers growing out of a submerged bed of moss in the stream. By the time I hiked back to Pedro and Troy, I had discovered another reason for my grumpiness. I was secretly worried about the major surgery I had to undergo on Monday. I didn't want to go without food and water from midnight Sunday to after the procedure on Monday. I had never had general anesthesia, so that whole thing niggled at my comfort too. Instead of talking honestly about my fears with Pedro, or anyone else, I brushed them off. I felt relief at realizing another source for my sour mood. But I confess I felt a little out of sorts because I hadn't found any new birds, which had been the whole point of the expedition in the first place. The things I'd learned about myself were more important than adding another bird to my life list, though. On our way home, we stopped at a lake and discovered five great blue heron nests, complete with squawking youngsters, a beautiful yellow butterfly, obligingly flitted from wild iris to wild iris, giving me plenty of time to take photos, and I discovered a rookery of double-crested cormorants. I also discovered that both the cormorant and the heron chicks submerged their heads in their parents' throats to get their food. Huh, that was weird. And that's where the hack comes in. I discovered my problem right there. Once again, I had tried to do things in my own strength to be the one who can handle everything, take care of everyone, and arrange things to my own specifications, all while putting on a facade of super caregiver and stalwart surgery candidate. But that attitude left me with little comfort. If I wanted the comfort that God offered, I had to willingly submerge myself in the one who offers me strength to endure. When the cormorant chick receives its food, it buries its head inside the parent's neck, blind to the world around it, and depending on the parents' vision for protection. I needed to blind myself to worries of the world and bury myself in the nourishing words and promises of the Bible. So this story contains three self-care hacks for caregivers who are in crisis or approaching a crisis. Hack number one, get outside, observe nature, see what lessons God wants to teach you. Hack number two, keep a gratitude list. When you're in the throes of caregiving, it's hard to remember to be grateful for things. But if we write down what we're grateful for, we're less apt to have a negative attitude and to let things affect us because we have those good memories of things we're grateful for to offset the bad news that comes our way. And hack number three, don't try to do things on your own strength. Learn to bury yourself in your heavenly parent. Allow him to feed you and nourish you and to look out for you. Blind yourself to the worries of the world and bury yourself in the nourishing words and promises of the Bible. So if you're a caregiver who feels on the edge and like you might be entering a personal crisis, remember these three hacks. Get outside and look at the lessons nature has to teach you. Hack number two, 
take time to be grateful and write down a list of things you are grateful for. And hack number three, bury yourself in your heavenly parent. Come back next week when I talk about six ways to find self-care balance as a family caregiver. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together, we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.